The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to the Rod and Staff podcast. My name is Roger, along with my co-host Jason, and we are back for another episode in the Confession. Uh, We are going to be in Article 5 on Divine Providence, looking at uh, the next couple chapters in this episode. But before we begin or continue in the Confession, I have a question for you regarding our recent conference that we had at our church, mm-hmm. the Doctrine for Life Conference. Um, we've finished our first annual conference, if it's going to be annually. <laughs> sure hope so. Yeah. So what was uh, maybe a favorite memory or two uh, from the conference? Favorite memory or two? I have to say, um, first of all, I, I very much enjoyed uh, the group that was there. There was a, a nice group uh, there and got to interact with people that I had never met before. So that was fun and uh, talked theology with them. Actually, what was really cool was one young man showed up last minute, just kind of registered at the last minute because he was at another conference that mm-hmm. week. And uh, interestingly, he was kind of feeling discouraged, I guess, at that time, ran into someone who knew about our conference and encouraged him to come to our conference and be maybe encouraged, wow. knowing that oh, we were going to be talking about kind of the, the, the gospel in its freeness. And, uh, and he did seem to be very encouraged. So that, that was probably a a highlight for me in, in many regards. The other thing I really enjoyed was the two Q and a sessions Mm. that we had. Um, I enjoyed the sessions, but the Q and a's were able, you could, you can see where our people were by the questions they were asking. Yeah. And I thought that was neat to see their minds kind of going and thinking more deeply maybe than they have on certain theological questions. And so I think those are two, I guess, pastorally for me, those are like two highlights of, uh, of the conference for me. Uh, how about you? Yeah. Uh, a good, good time with, with those who came, uh, learned a lot and, mm-hmm. and, it's a lot of work to put on a conference, and there's <laughs> a lot of changes that occur. Uh, but I think what was fun was, you know, we, we were changing the program a little bit, who was going to do what. So the last minute I did the Q&A with your brother, which was fun, trying yeah. to give him a hard time. and yeah. <laughs> It worked. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and just being able to ask questions. And, yeah, I thought that was uh, uh, a highlight for me. And uh, the speakers were, were good. I enjoyed your brother's uh, teaching and um yeah, our other speaker and, and just, just hearing, I, I think we, we learned, mm-hmm. um, and, and see the value in, in putting it on for our church and encouraging those in our congregation, Yeah, being able to sell books and give resources yes, to yes. people, I think it's huge. is, yeah, it's very big for, for us to, it was honestly, it was great to, um, get feedback afterwards. I got a lot mm-hmm. of text messages from a number of the people there thanking me that we would put on a conference like that. And, um, our people just were excited, I think to read and, and go deeper. That made me, um, realize that it was well worth it. And I don't know what you think, but I'm, I'm excited that we'll be putting on another one. Uh, we just got to get a date and, uh, line some things up, but I, I'm mm-hmm. really hopeful that we will make this an annual, uh, conference. Yeah. 
Well, until our next conference, we will continue <laughs> on with the London Baptist Confession, and uh, we're going to get started uh, in divine providence, continuing this discussion mm-hmm. on God's character. So we're going to look at chapter 2 and possibly 3, I think, today. But let, let me go ahead and read chapter 2. and let's, Paragraph 2. A paragraph 2. We're never going to get this right. No, I think <laughs> every episode we just change it. Yeah, yeah. Just it's okay. Chapter five. We'll start using page two. page numbers next time. I don't have any. Oh yeah, I do have a page number. There it is. <laughs> that might help. <laughs> well, now that we lost all of our listeners, let's begin with whatever we call it. Paragraph, article, <laughs> chapter two, whatever we call. It. Okay. All things come to to pass unchangeably and certainly in relation to the foreknowledge and decree of God, who is the first cause. Thus, nothing happens to anyone by chance or outside of God's providence. Yet, by the same providence, God arranges all things to occur according to the nature of second causes, either necessarily, freely, or in response to other causes. That's a lot of causes. That's a lot lot of causes. (laughs) So let's start with under uh, thinking about this first statement about all things coming to pass unchangeably and certainly in relation to the foreknowledge and decree of God. Why are they combining the foreknowledge and decree of God? What, what do you think they're trying to get at? I, I was looking at that wondering myself. <clears throat> I think it's it's probably to help us to understand that it's not... Um, I guess in a sense, it's not just one or the other Hmm. um, that God knows all things that will come to pass, but it's not that he just knows them. He knows them because number one, he knows all contingencies, all possibilities, but he also knows them by virtue of his decree. He knows the one that will be made to come to pass because he's going to make it come to pass. Mm -hmm. But it's also not uh, in this just abstracting he also is is truly aware of knowledgeable of all the possibilities all the contingencies mm. the all of the persons the people the dynamics the details of what could come to pass uh and then he of course decrees it and so he knows which ones will come to pass so there's a kind of a i think it helps us to see that there is a a, a care there behind the providence too it's not just a decree, because he is able to know and see and uh, as well. So does one come before the other? I mean, in in ooh, I guess in a certain <laughs> respect, his knowledge of all contingencies yeah. would come before he chooses which he will decree. Yeah, but I'm also nervous about the way I just said that, but I don't know. Someone will call in and correct me if I've, if I've messed anything that up. Did you, how do you feel about that? No, I was thinking (laughs) about it when they put foreknowledge before decree, because I, I, I think of those in different categories for some reason. Right. I think there's truth there, Mm -hmm. but there is a point of, he does know all things and because he knows all things, he can decree, but his decree isn't dependent upon, you know, the actions and results, but it is his knowledge and he's decreeing. So yeah, I, I'm not yeah. at, in other words, he's not, he's not uh, going, Oh, 
this is what's going to happen. And therefore, you know, he's conditioned by what's going to happen. Correct. Yeah. No, he, he knows all contingencies because he's God and his, he's omniscient. So he knows all of the possibilities, but he also knows which one he is going to decree to happen. Which makes him the first cause. Amen. Mm-hmm. And what what they begin to do here, though, is they take the first cause and then they're going to talk about other causes, mm-hmm. the second cause, because of how God created the world and, and, and our response. But mm-hmm. before we get there, mm-hmm. it, it continues and says, nothing happens to anyone by chance or outside of God's providence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people know I don't care for the statement of good luck. You don't? You don't believe in good luck, people. Break a leg. (laughs) No. (laughs) You don't like that one either, I bet. Probably not. Okay. Yeah. No, but but that but that that you know, it's funny, I was was I reading a book or listening to a podcast? I think it was a podcast on a book I was reading. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So they're talking, you know, this is a, a book on finance and about it was about investing, actually. Hmm. And one of the things they were talking about is knowing how to invest, okay. right? The, a skill set there. Mm-hmm. But then they were making this statement, there is this other element called luck involved mm-hmm. in how successful you're going to be. So they created the category of luck as if it's something, you know, <laughs> you have good luck. You don't have good luck. You have bad luck. Interesting. And they leave it up to this unknown thing that's going to occur because they can't explain when you don't have God, you can't explain the events that occur. Right. That's why I don't care for luck because it pushes God to the side and says, mm-hmm. in a sense, he wasn't involved with it. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which the scriptures directly contradict, right? Yeah. Uh, Proverbs sixteen thirty three, right? One of the verses they allude to there in, in the confession, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, roll the dice, but God is the one controlling the dice. Yeah. Even even though we think there's nothing more um, chance kind of centered than casting lots or rolling the yeah. dice, but here the, the Proverbs tells us, well, no, the reality is the decision of even those lots or the dice or whatever is the Lord's. And it actually uses, I, I like that it uses the covenant name of God there. It's not... Lord Adonai, like some sort of abstract mm. kind of title given, not abstract, but a title given to him. No, it's Yahweh there. Mm. Every decision from that lot is made by Yahweh himself. Yeah. And then they continue by the same providence, God arranges all things to occur according to the nature of second causes. And then further defining either necessarily, freely, or in response to other causes. So let's begin with the first part of that sentence. Mm-hmm. He's arranging all things to occur according to the nature of second causes. Why are second causes so important in understanding God's providence and us as create creatures? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think it gives us dignity and value. Mm-hmm. I think that um, God has created us to live and function and have um, a real existence. And though it's very difficult, I think perhaps impossible for the human mind to comprehend how God can be 
first cause and how he can be um, just governing all things, and yet we have value. Mm-hmm. I think the secondary the secondary causes uh, help us, or second causes help us to understand that that it's not just God's direct uh, actions in the world; it's He is using His creation according to their its own nature to function and play out what he desires. And you, and you think this fits in with the Genesis 50, Joseph's response to his brothers when sure. Joseph responded, you meant it for evil, mm-hmm. but God meant it for good, mm-hmm. carried out by his brothers, yep. ultimately goes back to God who's in control of all things, right. but who carries out the activities, which also is one of the reasons we don't uh, uh, call God the the you know causing evil or or saying this was god who did it because it's man carrying it out man or woman carrying out mm-hmm. um what's occurring yeah the thing that makes that evil is not what god did yeah right it, it's the evil intent of the humans but god had this glorious intent behind it right yeah. um so yeah i think that's important and then there are other things that are not necessarily arranged by us that you know, our causes that, uh, you know, that God is still in control. We just think of disasters that happen, mm-hmm. not necessarily natural disasters as if, you know, in, in a world broken, sure. things do break, but, but even God's in control of that. Yeah. And he allows that and permits that, you know, as we've seen that hurricane recently in Florida and the devastation. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he, when it says he's using second, uh, second causes or secondary causes, I mean, he uses photosynthesis mm-hmm. for plants to grow. I hope yeah. I'm getting that right. Uh, <laughs> I'm no botanist. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he uses uh, gravity f- for things to be able to w- be on this earth the way they are, the way yeah. we walk, the way we um, do things. So he's using these these other quote-unquote laws of nature. You know, they are real. They exist yeah. Um, and he uses those to bring about certain things, right? And every so often he intervenes mm-hmm. to cause it to do something which it normally doesn't. Like, a, you know, miracles, we right? We might call it a miracle, right? Yeah, yeah. we might call mm-hmm. it a miracle. In the New Testament, it was fascinating to see Jesus stops the 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 sea, you know, raging and, and mm-hmm. multiplies food and, you see, and heals. You see these miracles. And then today we see it. We just see it intervened in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and the there was a, a verse there uh, that I wanted to look at here. He noticed that what he says in Genesis eight twenty two, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. Yeah. So those natural laws, the natural. The, you know, the earth spinning on its axis, uh, going around the sun, all these things that are bringing out the the cold, the heat, the seed time, the harvest, fall, summer, winter, spring, etc. Yeah. These God has created and they function. He uses those to bring about these great uh, outcomes. Mm-hmm. So any thoughts on on how they talk about these other causes? <laughs> I was hoping we were going to skip that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I remember studying those things in the past. I just could not, for the life of me, remember what specifically is meant by uh, 
that what the distinction between necessary cause and free cause and then there are other causes that they do you think some of some of it might be in response to maybe prayer you know, it, it, how God God will answer our prayers. He works through our prayers. Mm-hmm. There are causes, sure. in a sense. They're not the primary. It's not like God changes his mind, but mm-hmm. God does change. You you, you look at the Old Testament and in how he responded. He didn't change. He responded, sure. right? It, was it uh, Hezekiah who had more years added to life? Poor guy, and then he went, then he ruined everything, like <laughs> bringing in the Babylonians. But yes, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> he asked and the Lord responded and he answered yeah. that prayer. I mean, James chapter five, right? The, yeah. I think it's chapter five. Uh, the the uh, fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Mm-hmm. Hope I'm getting that right. But I, I think that you're right. Prayer, the Lord uses prayer for his purpose of bringing about certain outcomes. Mm-hmm. I, I think there is power in prayer. It's not power that's somehow against God, that's manipulating God. It's power that God grants and uses as a secondary cause to get the outcomes that he desires and has decreed. Well, let's look at the next paragraph, Mm -hmm. if I'm getting it right. Because it's connected, and it's going to express more of his freedom. This paragraph says, In his ordinary providence, God makes use of means— though he is free to work apart from them, beyond them, and contrary to them <laughs> at his pleasure. Amen. So he has ordinary providence, mm-hmm. and he makes use of means. What are these means he makes use of? I think it's kind of talking about those secondary causes again, mm-hmm. right? All those things that we were laying out just a moment ago are ways that um, he uses for his ordinary providence to, uh, you know, be borne out. And, I, and they reference the verses in Acts. Yeah, the, oh, those are great. Yeah, right. Acts 2731. Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Uh, going back to that event when they were the the... They were in the sea, and the waters were raging, mm-hmm. and God was going to eventually save them. Yep. Um, and then Paul's making this truth. Well, you better stay in this ship. We're going to get to land I, it's safely. One, it's one of my favorite uh, passages. I love, I love mm-hmm. the fact that Paul has been told by the angel, yeah. not one person will be lost. Yeah. Not one person will die. They're all going to be saved, right? And then he says, unless these men stay on the ship, (laughs) unless these sailors stay on the ship, you cannot be saved. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. See, Paul understood that God uses these ordinary means, these other means, right? Uh, And in this case, he uses sailors. Now, was Paul doubting if, if the sailors did end up jumping off? Did he think God can't save them? I don't think that's true, but... But he understands how providence works. Yeah. And and that's where they talk about, right, he's free to work apart from his means. Right. Beyond them mm-hmm. and contrary to them at right. his pleasure. Yeah. And yeah. he's not just free because he's free to do it, but he's free and he's powerful and able to do it. Right. He's able to do what we cannot do or right. our causes cannot thwart God's plans. I think of those scriptures that talk about how no plan of God can be thwarted. Nothing is too hard for him. Mm-hmm. And it's a comfort to know that about our God, that we can we can always have hope, even if things don't look 
like there yeah. is going to be hope. That's right. And it may not end out the way we want, but we can still pray to a God who can intervene. Amen. But he may choose to, he may choose not to. Yeah. Doesn't change his character. Yep. But he can at times, right? And, we've, we've seen. Yeah. We see it. We see it in scripture and then we've seen it in, in our own lifetimes as well. <clears throat> Think about Abraham and Sarah. Humanly speaking, she should not have been able to have a child yeah. and neither should he. But the Lord said, look, it's going to happen. Yeah. I promised it. I, I think about Gideon and all his soldiers, mm. right? It didn't, doesn't make sense that 300 men yeah. could fight against <laughs> whatever number of tens of thousands it was, maybe even more than that, right? It doesn't make sense humanly. Yeah. It, it shouldn't happen. That's against all reason and rationality. Mm -hmm. But God sometimes works against laws of nature or what we would call laws of nature and, and such things. Um, which is why, like you said, we can have hope. We have a God who can perform miracles. Doesn't mean that he has to, mm -hmm. but he can. And he, he calls on us to pray and trust him. Yeah. So one thing I think also, it doesn't refer, refer here, but I think it's important to think about, um, when we think about the gospel and our call to respond, mm. some people will, will character, make a caricature of, of those who believe in the sovereignty of God and this high view of God as, as we talk about election and being chosen as, well, people then are just robots if God is like this, mm. forgetting that these natural means, or not natural means, but these means God has created are, are the responses. So mm. there are still us participating yeah. as a response where just because God is in control doesn't mean we are not responsible right we're responsible for our actions and there's consequences to our actions even though god is fully um yeah. you know sovereign over that so i think these scriptures bring out and these thoughts bring out no don't forget we are to respond yeah um in god's world and how he set up the world so he set up the world in a way where if we go against a natural you know way this world is created mm -hmm. then we'll face the natural uh, consequences. consequences of it. Yeah. If you jump off a, you know, a high rise building and yeah. you don't have a parachute, yeah. well, gravity is going to be a reality to you, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you, he, which, yeah. which is, is interesting because imagine or think about the temptations that Jesus went through. Mm -hmm. One of them was, Hey, throw yourself down from here. Mm -hmm. And God promises his angels are going to come and protect you. Right. And then Jesus responds to Satan going, um, no, here's what scripture says. We don't test the Lord. Yeah. Right. Is it is it not true? Is it possible if Jesus had flung himself off of there, off of the, the temple building or whatever it was that yeah. he was on, um, w could the angels have you know done so? Yeah, but the Lord Himself knows. Well, that's not how we are to live. Mm -hmm. That's not the call. Uh, that's not the way we are to treat the Father. Um, so it, certainly, look, we can't deny that there is mystery. Mm -hmm in providence and in, in sovereignty and how that works with human responsibility. There's mystery. Um, because our, or maybe I, maybe mystery might not even be the right word, but there is something that our finite minds can't grasp. There's something incomprehensible about it. Mystery is a good word. John Flavel, uh, one of my favorite Puritans wrote a book called the mystery of providence. Mm -hmm. And the first, uh, Puritan paperbacks I remember reading, 
And I devoured that because he talked about God's providence mm-hmm. and work and family and in all of life and going through the scriptures, of course, but then applying it and comforting the believer with this is a comforting doctrine to know mm-hmm. that his providence is guiding and leading because at the same time, we're dumb, right? At times we're just dumb. We, we sin, we make bad decisions, but if his providence wasn't even reworking our foolishness, mm-hmm. we would have no hope. That's right. That's right. I mean, have you ever sat down and tried to plan you know, your future and you got these plans. And then when I look back, I'm like, not one of the things I thought was going to happen, happened. Not one of the things I thought I should do or half the time that I do the things I think I'm, uh, oh, yeah, that's a good plan moving forward. It turns out to be an unwise plan. Right. But thankfully we have a God who is far above us and who knows us better, loves us more than we could ever even know or love ourselves. And he provides, he provides for us. Yeah. And he does this, he, and he, you know, it says he does this all at his pleasure. Mm-hmm. In a sense, it's all coming back to revolving around him. You know, that is a very comforting reality if we know the goodness of God. Yeah. If we don't know God and his character and we think of him in, in false ways, kind of like the parable of the talents i think right oh you're the you're that mean kind of master that's gonna you know if we think of him that way we're never gonna get the comfort that comes from knowing that our god is good and what pleases him is that which is good and for our good and therefore we can trust him Yeah. yeah that's great well we're at the end of this episode we're gonna continue on uh in divine providence there is more to divine providence oh, yeah. and I, I really like the progression of where they go mm-hmm. and they're going to talk about some realities that we face mm-hmm. uh in our lives so i hope that uh, you enjoy this episode you'll join us again next time if you have any questions or comments send them to feedback at roddenstaff.org if you have any complaints pastor Jason at. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Pastor Haig at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, please give us feedback and uh, we hope that you will join us next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodandstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.